This is week number two in our series on chains, and what we're talking about is the idea that they may not be visible, but many people walk around with chains holding them back. You may know somebody that something in their past, something that's happened, there's just, it's like they're pulling that ball and chain, and they're struggling. They're, they're like a person who's been chained up in a dungeon, and they, they can't get out. Well, you might can relate to this today. You, you might feeling chained in some area of your life, well, I've got good news. He really is the chain breaker. He really, really is. Our series scripture is Psalm 107. He led them from the darkest and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. So our premise here is, for our series, is based on what we believe is the heart of God, and it's this, that God wants us to aggressively deal with anything that has a chain on us. We read in the Bible that it was for freedom that he set us free. Jesus didn't come to just forgive us of our sins so we go to heaven. He came to abundantly impact our life, including setting us free. And so God wants us to engage in that and not settle for being in some kind of chain, being hung back in some area of our life. So each week we're talking about a different situation, a different chain, so to speak. And today we're going to talk about anger. We're going to talk about anger. I mentioned uh, my son, who's, who was good friends with JR. They went to college together, and my son's pastoring now on the West Coast, and he's a great guy. 
but uh, he wasn't so great in junior high. He, he, uh, he, he was the walking black hole of my life, just sucking the life out of me. And one day, junior high, I picked him up from school, and the whole family's in the car, and we're heading home, and he was just, you know, in that phase of attitude, and I, probably, I may have jumped him a little too hard, but he said something that was way over the line. And it was so bad, I was shocked. He was so disrespectful and rude. And I'm just like, what? I mean, I just, I just felt like I had rage or whatever. And I look back and I'm like, why didn't I throw him out of the car and make him walk home? I don't know to this day. But man, he pushed something inside of me. And I was like, ah, well, how about you? What's your button? Most folks have one or more anger buttons. And the thing about anger is it can consume us. It can become the focal part of our life, and we can be known as an angry, angry person. Well, let's define anger, and then we're going to deal with it and get into the scripture eventually and address it directly. Anger is a distressing emotional reaction to an unmet expectation, an emotional reaction to an unmet expectation. So if something doesn't go the way you want, you can become angry. Now, uh, as an example of this, I want to talk about golf. Now, I, I mentioned here now and then that I golf, and I'm not great. I do have fun. I occasionally hit the good shot. Tell you what, I recommend golf because it's a great test of your character. It's a great test of your frustration and anger level because it can be very frustrating. T take a look at this guy. Things really happen almost that bad on the golf course. There's lots of ponds across the, the world that are full of golf clubs, let me, let me tell you. Well, a little more serious side that uh, we can all relate to is that some things we get angry about is when a, a boundary feels violated. In Houston, on the highways, we even have a name for it. What is it? Road rage. I mean, you got to be careful in Houston. You cut somebody off, you need to watch them because they point, you need to duck. It literally happens because people can get so, so angry. Uh, psychologists tell us that anger is the second stage of grief, and it, it's a normal thing that at first we're just in denial. No, that couldn't have happened, and then we become angry that it happened. And, and God made us to process things psychologically, and that, that's okay, but it's real. And if you've been through grief and loss, especially sudden, you, you've experienced anger in that process. So I want to make a few more statements about anger, and then we'll look at some Bible verses. Number one, anger is an indicator that there's a problem. There's an unmet expectation, and it's important enough that someone's angry about it. And if anger goes unchecked, it can become the problem. If you're married, you'll certainly get this, but it, it applies to any friendship that's close at all that you're having a conversation that becomes a heated discussion, it becomes a very heated discussion, and then somebody crosses the line and says something mean, something rude, something disrespectful, something hurtful, 
And now there's a fight about that. And so the words are going back and forth. And the issue is lost because now the issue is the angry conflict. And so anger can become the problem. It can cause us, if we let it, to act or to say something that we'll regret the rest of our life. Divorces happen often because of anger issues that aren't dealt with properly. Here's a few symptoms of somebody who might be a very angry person. They always have a chip on their shoulder. They're always snappy and short. They're very sarcastic, and they engage in that passive-aggressive behavior, just giving you the silent treatment or running away from, from trying to deal with stuff. So that's what anger is like. Number two, anger has many symptoms, but it only has one source. It only comes from one place, me. I'm the source of my anger. There's an old saying, or not an old, it's just a natural saying. We say, that makes me so mad. Well, that's not true. You allow anger to get you so mad. That didn't make you do nothing except give you a chance to respond. And so anger is within us. We've got to get that. There's uh, lots of results of unresolved anger in, in our lives. It can cause huge stress. It's, I said already, it's a key factor in divorce. An angry, if, if we get into an angry mindset, we care less about other people. We're so focused on our anger. It, it can cause us to mistrust people. And worst of all, if we, we live in an angry mindset, an, an angry attitude a lot, if, we, if we're there, it hurts our relationship with God. It's hard to hear God because we're so angry and bitter and mad about stuff. Number three. Getting God's perspective on anger is the key to freedom from its chains. We've got to see what God says about anger so we can deal with it, so anger doesn't destroy our lives, and so that we deal with anger, this emotional reaction that's okay, but unchecked, as we've said, could be very destructive. So we need to get God's perspective. So let's look at some things God says about anger. Ephesians 4.26. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. So look at that first phrase. I want you to think for a second. The first part of that verse. Is anger itself a sin? No. Anger itself is a sin. The fact that I just was so angry with my son, I wasn't sinning. I, I, I really could have easily. <laughs> I was just so shocked I didn't, I didn't say or do anything. And so anger itself is not sin. It's what you do with it. It's what you do with it that can become sin. And so this verse is so helpful because on one hand it's telling us don't let it control you, which is saying you don't have to be controlled by your anger. You don't have to be dominated by being frustrated all the time. You can have victory. You can be free of that chain. And it's so important, we're told in the second half of the verse, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. This is saying, deal with it. Deal with it now. It'll get worse. Uh, I've applied this in marriage counseling. Like, hey, if there's a really huge issue, it, you know, it'd be better to be exhausted at work the next day than to not stay up till 2 a.m. and work it out. So don't let the sun go down. Take it seriously. Understand, it's not going to go away just because you sleep at night. Number four. Uh, I said that. <laughs> the next verse from the book of James, chapter 1. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I just don't like that. <laughs> I'm just the opposite. Oh, my gosh. Quick to listen, 
slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Powerful verse here. What we see is that anger is not the right tool to correct the problem. Blowing up at people and screaming at people in frustration and anger is not the answer. Tearing up your golf clubs isn't the answer. Get a lesson, you know. But anger itself is not the right tool to correct a problem. We're to be slow to get angry, and we're told here very specifically, our human anger won't produce the will of God, the righteousness God desires in our lives and in people we get to serve and, and, and to be part of their lives as well. So anger is not the right tool. Now, we're going to look at a time when Jesus got angry. He was not just a little upset here. The Savior was mad, and you'll see why from the Gospel of John, chapter 2. In the temple area, he, Jesus, saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. Jesus had a fit. I mean, he just lost it, chased the animals out, threw over the tables of all these guys who were dealing with money right then. Then, going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. The man was furious, or the Savior. I keep wanting to say the man like we talk. He was furious. Did he sin? No. He did not sin, but he was as angry as I could imagine ever being. Let me read the rest of the passage. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. Passion for God's house will consume me. Passion for God's house will consume me. So that was written about Jesus hundreds of years before. And his disciples were like, oh, this is what that verse was talking about. I, wow, we, we get it. So in this case, though, anger produce the right response. So number six, anger can be used by God to motivate us to find the solution to a problem. When we're angry, as we're dealing with it, God wants us to begin to learn like, okay, this is a big deal to you. Let me help you. Let's work this out. Let me give you guidance. Let's work on you and let's work on what made you mad as well. So God can use it to motivate us just like it motivated Jesus to change some things. So how do I break free? We want to give you some basic steps, and these are going to sound so simple, but folks, they are so powerful if we'll engage in them seriously, okay, and prayerfully, asking God to help. So number one, don't stuff it, deal with it. That's what we saw earlier in Ephesians. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't stuff it, deal with it. If you got people around you all the time saying, are you okay? You, you seem upset. If you hear that very often, you probably need to have an issue, and we can become so accustomed to our anger, we, we don't realize we're angry, do we? But if we'll listen a little bit, people can help us, and so don't stuff it. Deal with it. Number two, invite God into the process. Say, Lord, help. Help me, Lord, and here's a key. Find the root cause. Sometimes there's a root cause that's so powerful in our past or in our present circumstances that it just is pushing our button constantly. Oftentimes, uh, children who are in dysfunctional, even violent homes, they just become angry children. And, and there's a root cause for that. That's their environment. Their environment's full of anger as a child. And 
if you grew up that way, I'm, I'm so sorry, but you don't have to stay angry. You don't have to stay frustrated. God can help you let that go and deal with it, and the past will, will stay in the past instead of still living in your present. Or there might be some person that just pushes your button, and God just shows you, you, you just got to recognize that person gets to you, and I want to show you why, and I want to help you with that relationship. So God, come in and show me the root. Show me the root. I don't want to just snip it off. I have a sago palm in my flower bed, and it's a monster, and I don't like it anymore, so I chopped it way back, but it's starting to sprout again because I haven't dealt with the root yet, but I got that root killer. I'm going to get it, but until I do, it's going to keep trying to grow. Well, if you don't get to the root of your anger issue, it's going to keep sprouting and causing you problems, and so your goal, number three, is to learn to respond to situations instead of react. God, help me respond properly. Jesus, in the midst of anger, responded properly to honor God and teach these people a lesson they needed to hear. And so, God, help me, help me respond. Boy, parents, I urge you, make this your prayer when you're trying to raise your children. Lord, help me respond and not just react in, in anger. Here's a great verse about God's heart. Look at this in Psalm 145. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Filled with unfailing love. God is slow to get angry. God, just make me more like you. You are slow to get angry. Help me, Jesus. So when I'm dealing with anger, when it becomes sin, I've got to own it and say, God, I, I let my anger push me to sin. I said something I shouldn't have done or did something. You got to own that if it becomes sin. And then if you become angry often with another person, God wants you to make it right. So if you told somebody off on the way to church today, <laughs> you screamed at somebody on the way to church, it happens. You look so good sitting there, but I know you're as weak and human as I am. Uh, deal with it and own your part, and get right with people. Ask people to pray for you. Man, pray for me about this anger deal. I, I got to get free of this chain. Own it. Confess it. Make it right. I have a prayer today. Each week, we're going to have a, a prayer, a meditation prayer that can take us thoughtfully through this process. So I'm going to give you about 30 seconds. I want you to read it first, and then we're going to pray it. So please read the prayer. Okay, if, uh, if you're relating to this today and you feel like God's speaking to you, I want you to really agree with me in this prayer and that today would become the beginning of a new you, that you'll get free of that chain of anger. So I'm going to pray this out loud, and I invite you just to agree with me in your heart and mind and let this be the beginning of a wonderful change in your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I confess that I've allowed anger to control me. Please forgive me. I recognize that my anger doesn't accomplish your purposes in my life, and it's often destructive. I ask you to reveal any and all root causes of anger in my life so I can deal with them with your help. I want to learn to respond 
the right way when I get angry so I can have your solutions to my challenges. Thank you for loving me so much you want to break the chain of anger in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. So for you guys who, that's you today, I urge you every day, uh, hold on to your notes or on your phone there, save those notes on the app. But I would really urge you to make this simple prayer yours all week long. God, show me that root cause. Show me that root cause in this anger and help me really, really deal with it. Now, you may be here today and you're like, man, I, <laughs> I'm not so sure about that stuff because I'm not so sure about God and the Bible and all that. I'm, I'm just kind of here. And we want to say to you, we're just thrilled that you're here. We're so glad that you're here. And so we want to encourage you to keep coming and continue to, to follow after Jesus. Come to church, read your Bible, whatever, because he really wants to bless your life. He really wants to fill your life with his presence. And over a period of time, if you keep following, eventually, if you're open-minded and you're praying, God, if you're there, Lord, if, if you're there, make yourself known to me, he will. And you'll come to a place of faith where in your heart, you're like, I believe, I believe Jesus died. I believe Jesus rose again. I believe he can forgive me and fill my life with his presence and I can have a real relationship with him. Then you just start. And the simplest way we know to start is simply with a prayer. So I'm going to pray like I'm you. And if this is you today, you are ready to enter into a relationship with God. I urge you to agree with me in your heart. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me, for paying for my sin. Thank you that you love me so much you want a relationship with me with all my weaknesses and problems. So, God, I say yes to you today. Yes, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. Please come into my life. Please become my best friend, my guide, my boss. Be, become my life, Lord. Lord, I know you gave your life for me, and I want to give my life to you. I thank you for hearing my prayer. I thank you for the beginning of an eternal relationship that I get to have now with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we really want to uh, follow up with you and encourage you in your relationship with God. And so you'll see there's green cards in the pockets. And if you'll just fill out that green card about a relationship with God and then drop it in one of our boxes near these back two doors. You'll see a little box there and a card. Say, and you'll know, okay, that's where to put that because we want to follow up with you and encourage you in this most important decision that you made today. All right, y'all stand. And again, if you're a guest, I uh, want to encourage you to take that completed Connect card out there to the, where you got it and let them give you a gift for that. Every Sunday, we have prayer teams here for you. They'll be up here on your right and on your left, and I urge you to come up and ask them to pray for you. You might really be hearing God today in the message, and you might come up and say, you know what? That's me. I've got some anger issues. And you don't have to say a lot. They'll just pray, and you'll be so glad you did. So I urge you to come up for prayer for any need you have today. As we continue in this series, we're getting good reports because people are recognizing they got changed. I encourage you to consider inviting a friend to just come with you next week to church and, and hear what God has to say about our chains, okay? Let's pray. Lord, thank you again that you are the chain breaker, whether it's pain or grief or loss or frustration, anger, whatever our chain is, you can break it by your power. So Lord, this week we want to Get free of anger. Lord, show us root causes of anger in our life. Help us deal with them. Help us forgive people who've hurt us in the past. Help us get right with people we're wrong with right now. Thank you that you want us to be free. 
Help us hear you and respond to you this week. In Jesus' name, amen.